Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Transform TV podcast series. Today, we've got a really interesting case study for you, and we're speaking with the Chief Supply Chain Officer of Schneider Electric, Murad Tamud. Murad, thank you so much for being here, for taking part in this, uh, in this podcast with us. Thank you, Maria, for giving me this opportunity to be with you today and to have a chance to talk a little bit about uh, what we have done uh, at Schneider Electric to transform. So, Murad, you, you know, why don't you start by perhaps telling us a little bit about yourself and you know, your journey so far uh, and where you are, because that picture in the background looks very lovely. And it's not a, it's not a screen, isn't it? It's actually a picture. No, no, that's not a screen. And I'm based in, in Hong Kong because uh, at Schneider Electric, we, we have um, you know, developed that strategy of multi-hub. And um, we have the, the chance that, uh, you know, uh, we don't have one headquarter, but we have multiple headquarters. Uh, our CEO is located here and uh, a few of our XCOM members are also located here in Hong Kong. But we have uh, people located in Paris. We have people uh, located in, uh, in Boston and we are running the company uh, and also people located in Switzerland, sorry. And we are running the company, uh, you know, with uh, a real multi-regional approach, very, uh, you know, centered on, on the, the regions and the, the local, uh, I would say, decision-making processes. So really interesting to see, uh, to see that and to be part of, of that one. And so how long you've been, you said, you told me before we started recording that you had been running the supply chain there for about four years. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct, Maria. So, I mean, I'm, I'm in charge of the supply chain uh, in, the last, uh, in the last four years. So running the entire scope, which covers, uh, you know, the manufacturing, the logistics centers, the procurement function, the entire planning. So we have uh, about 70 plus thousand people in the supply chain at Schneider Electric. It's a split over 100 plus countries, um, about 200 factories, 100 distribution centers, you know, a few thousand suppliers that are partners um, and, and it's, uh, you know, running 24 seven. So, so, so an easy job, basically, an easy job, basically. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There is, you, you are not, uh, you know, you, you're not to get bored anytime. So it's really uh, a permanent uh, excitement, uh, always something happening and, and somewhere the interesting and, and very, uh, very passionate piece, which is, this permanent jump from, you know, long-term and transformation and strategy and the execution. You really have these two dimensions and these two, uh, you know, timeframes happening almost permanently in parallel and, and jungling between, you know, day-to-day uh, -day, uh, emergencies and, and, and things that are happening. And we were together talking earlier about the speed at which, you know, things are happening and the speed at which they kind of propagate through uh, supply chains is just becoming uh, uh, crazy. I, I think the last four years, we, we went through, uh, you know, electronic crisis, tariff war between US and China, went through, uh, you know, the COVID and, and now, you know, the rebound of the economy. I mean, there is no moment of, you know, saying, okay, that's, you know- No I moment to put your feet up. Back. Yeah, no moment Absolutely. to put your feet up. Do you know, really it's, it's funny, it, it's funny that you mentioned this, Murad, because I was going to ask you, one of the biggest challenges that a lot of the people in our group, in our network, always talk about is the difficulty in um, managing the day-to-day, -day, the present, you know, all the emergencies, the crises, the, like we talk about, all the, all the uncertainty and complexity with building a business 
that can weather that kind of crisis? It's, it seems as though they're almost two separate jobs. Uh, you know, what experience can you give us or what, you know, how can you highlight how leaders can overcome or deal with that sort of thing? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't pretend to have the, the magic solution to that. And I sometimes, you know, compare our jobs uh, in supply chain, like, you know, uh, driving a Formula One and at the same time trying to change the piston and, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the wheel yeah. and, you know, while you're driving at 200 miles an hour. So it, it's that, that is the challenge for, you know, professionals in the, in the supply chain. And, and I think it's important to really have a vision that is shared and, and you know, a projected view of uh, where you want to, to take the organization and where do you see, um, you know, the organization going. We have regular plans that we, you know, launch and activate every three to four years, depending on, on the time frame. We just closed end of last year, what we call the tailored sustainable and connected for the zero program that we have been running for three years. That was really our north, you know, that we kind of shared across the entire organization that we align all together uh, in, in, uh, in the, the organization of our supply chain and, and people really, you know, relating everything they do to these three pillars, the tailored to serve better our customers and understand what our customers are expecting from us and, and not treating you know, all of them as one size fits all, really being uh, specific in the way we target given segment and, and, and answering the expectation of a distributor versus an OEM versus a, an end user. The second one being sustainability. So S for sustainability, which uh, I feel proud because we have been quite early at understanding, yeah. I would say, the shift. And, and that was long time before COVID, long time before the, the, the time that now everyone is, is, you know, kind of very strong on, on sustainability. We started looking at me measuring the, I would say, the energy consumption of our sites. We, we started pretty early at talking about zero waste to landfill. Uh, we, we started early to consider how to use recycled material inside our packaging, consider, you know, plastic recycled materials also. So it has been already three years where we have, you know, kind of tested that and, and been talking about it, having all the people, the 70,000 plus people, understanding that uh, the supply chain of the future is a supply chain that is sustainable. And then the last one, which is the connected pillar, which was really the idea to say, Digital is a big thing and, and, and it's there to last and it's going to be, you know, what makes the difference between, you know, an advanced supply chain and a traditional supply chain. And we started pretty early to embed, you know, best of breed tools, best of breed ways of doing planning, best of breed the way of managing control towers, uh, you know, the, the smart factory program that we started also three years ago with the, the idea to use you know, some of our offers to enable us to connect our processes, collect data, start doing data analytics, start to try to see the insights out of those, uh, those elements. So pretty, again, I'm, I'm, I'm quite uh, pleased that we did that before COVID because what we realized is that during COVID, being connected changed the, I mean, the game. It was, you know, everybody remote, everybody, uh, you know, uh, being uh, somewhere far away from the plant because the plants and, and, and the sites and the distribution centers 
uh, were running on, on their side while, you know, we have customers asking for information, suppliers looking for visibility, uh, communication on the real time of the situations. All the digital transformation that were started three years ago really enabled us to, to face that, uh, that pandemic. I mean, it seems as though, I mean, it seems that it's, it, it, the reality seems to be that being connected now is not an option. It's business critical. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and in our new program, as I was saying, we just closed the, the TSC 4.0 and we are now engaging. In fact, last end of last year, we launched uh, our next three years program, the 2021-2023 uh, supply chain transformation, which we called Strive for, in fact, sustainability, trust, uh, you know, uh, uh, resilience, intelligent velocity and efficiency. And somewhere the intelligence domain was really in, in the next step of connected. We first wanted to have a connected supply chain, connected to our suppliers, connected inside our sites, collecting data, et cetera, into something that is intelligent, meaning that you take the data and you bring insight of it, you regulate back your supply chain, you you know, inside actions, you bring the recommendations to the people on, you know, how to act and how to cross-correct the, the orientation of the supply chain. I, I think what, what this whole crisis has, has kind of confirmed is that, you know, digital and connectivity is an absolute mandatory aspect in every function, whether you talk about quality, whether you talk about procurement, whether you talk about planning, you need real-time visibility, you need speed, and, and I would say digital brings you that level of speed, and, and ability to you know, digest high volume of information in a very, very short amount of time. So let, let's go, before we start to go a little bit in depth into your Strive program, what I'm hearing about the program that you had beforehand is sort of a mindset shift from the top-down uh, in your organization in order to deliver your goals and objectives? Would that be correct in, in, in assuming that? Yes, I, I, as I was saying, you know, the company has been uh, always, uh, I would say, thinking uh, through a regional approach that we believe that, uh, you know, our North American customers uh, have specific uh, requirements and ways of operating than our European-based customer as our Chinese-based customers, et cetera. And, and the organization is really set in that manner. And, and our supply chain is, is based on five regions, uh, which ha, I would say are the, um, the, the muscle and the, the horsepower of the, the organization. That's where we have the 85 or 90% of the resources. That's where you know, the rubber hits the road. That's where things are happening. When, we think strategy is one thing, but uh, the, the, the real strategy is the strategy that you execute, the strategy that you implement, and the implementation is really happening at that level. But that's what I mean by, I think, a mindset shift. You, you said something earlier about people needed to really understand why they were doing something, and everything that they did had to go back to those pillars that were fundamental for you as an organization. So, you know, so many organizations decide to implement a strategy and then say, here you go, this is what we're doing but they don't really take their teams with them on that journey. They don't really you know, get people to really think at the bottom, at every level, right? At the execution level, this, I must do this because as an organization, we are going in this direction. And, and, and you know, I, I, it's interesting what you say, because I do really believe that, uh, 
you, you, I mean, I see the, the, the power of the way we are driving, the way we have been driving TSC 4.0, tailored, sustainable, and connected 4.0, and the way we are driving now Strive, where we even took what we did good in TSC 4.0 and, you know, kind of embedded it into Strive. We have even built that strategy Strive using somehow some crowdsourcing. You know, we have been mm -hmm. kind of yeah. opening to the team saying, hey, teams, what do you think we have done well? What do you think we, we should do differently in the way we see our supply chain transform? It was not just, you know, me and sitting with uh, two or three guys at the corporate level and saying, oh, we are going to do this and we're going to do that, etc. No, we, we, we kind of, of course, said, okay, COVID teach us some lessons. This is what we learned. We learned that we need more resilience. We learned that we want more empowerment at the level of, you know, regional Uh, uh, organizations. We need to be faster at taking decisions. We need to embark more with our suppliers. We kind of frame a little bit of some of the high-level uh, ideas and, 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 and elements that we really believed were fundamental to be embarked. And then we really open to, to, the, to the organization. We, we open to the different generations inside the organization, to the different cultures, to the different regions, and, and really made them to kind of provide their views. What, what, what do they expect that the supply chain? A lot, you know, I was quite surprised and shocked about the level of attention to sustainability. Not that, yeah. you know, just uh, we believe sustainability is important. People are demanding, saying, hey, we, we don't want to be just, you know, a company making profit. We want to be a company that is, you know, care for the planet, care for the people, care for the community. And, that and has a purpose. That has a purpose. Yes, that has a purpose. Exactly. That has a purpose. And, 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 and it was very, very strong. It was really something that came out, uh, out of these uh, rounds of, uh, you know, iterative collections and, you know, discussions with the team. And we started, honestly, in, in July. We started the, uh, you know, built up of the Strive program. And even the name was defined by the teams. And it was really something that, Uh, we had multiple ideas and people kind of voting together about uh, should we call it uh, fast or should we call it uh, strive or should we call it X, Y, Z. And, and, and I mean, when we came to, okay, this is it and these are the pillars, etc. somewhere in, in the end of Q3, beginning of Q4, for, for us, Q4 was really the kind of deployment phase of the program. And we really wanted people to take the time to digest, understand why, you know, we selected those pillars, what do they mean for them, and, and all the way to the lower level of the organization. You know, I'm, and I always say, I'm at a plant level. If you talk to me about something that is stratospheric, I can't understand what it means for me. It's just something that I will not, you know, you mm -hmm. know touch, that, that will not connect with my, you know, problems yeah. and day-to-day -day issues. So we really wanted to make sure that in the way we, we bring that program into uh, every side of the organization that everyone could say, okay, for me, sustainability means this, this, and that. For me, trust, you know, a trusted partner means this, that, and that, and that. And, and, and what I like is really that wherever you go, you would see, you know, the, the program being displayed. And, and, and right now we are not traveling a lot, but uh, we know that, you know, when you go to, Uh, a factory, you go to an office, you go to a, a, a distribution center, people are proud to show you, you know, here is our Stripe program. Here is how we interpreted 
the, the way to deploy you know, resilience. This is the way we interpreted to deploy intelligent supply chain inside our entity. And, you know, you guys have moved up, not that it was your goal, I imagine you don't get up in the morning to try to move up the Gartner list, but you, you, you've done it. You've gone from 18th place to fourth place. Uh, what do you think is behind that? Do you, do you think it has to do with technology, with people, with your processes, all of the above or something else? Yeah, I think you're, you're right. I mean, you know, we, and this was really my views in the last four years, we don't wake up and say, what do we need to do to be, uh, you know, the best in class at Gartner? No, that, that's, that's really not the, the, I would say, the culture and the logic. We, we like to benchmark ourselves. I think that uh, we do spend quite sometimes learning from the best in class, you know, taking a subject where we do believe we have gaps and we want to improve and, and connecting with some recommended companies and peers and, you know, sharing with them what we do, listening from them what they do and trying to adapt, you know, getting their insights, their views, seeing how it match with uh, our, you know, environment, our own culture and seeing how we can de deploy that. I, I think the, the main reason, and, and, and I don't want to sound, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, standard, uh, standard pitch, but I think what made really the success of the transformations we have been driving is about people. It's, it's we have a fantastic team of people and, and I, I say it uh, loud and, and, and I repeat it. And I, I think people have been able to, to really embark in a journey. They have been you know, learning day after day. They have been engaged in trying new things uh, there is a, a, a real, you know, uh, strong alignment. We are, we are really investing a lot in diversity. We are, we are proud of that, you know, kind of uh, having people in China running our supply chain in China, people in the U.S. running our U.S. supply chain, and, and, and also, you know, moving some talents across the organization. Um, I, I think that the people side, and I saw it also during the COVID crisis, the ability to mobilize the ability to do that extra mile for the customer is just uh, amazing. I, I, I think that's, you know, I've been 24 years in the company. I, I moved out of school and joined Schneider uh, 25 years. Uh, and, and, um, and, you know, the people that uh, I see today, you know, growing in the organization, many of them I saw at different stages of their career. And, and what is the common element is really the engagement and the commitment of the people for the company and for the customers of the company. Okay, so how has, in your opinion, supply chain changed from when you started? Oh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Not really a lot. And, and you know, um, I have to say that compared to, uh, you know, uh, when I started in the company where, uh, supply chain was really seen as the back office or the back of the back office somewhere kind of the not uh, very glamorous not very glamorous not very glamorous you know uh, the the people on the on the bottom deck of of the boat i think that today the supply chain is really seen much more as a strategic uh, you know lever as a strategic competitive advantage where it works well uh, has a strategic challenge when it doesn't work well. And, and we know we have also problems. I mean, let's be very honest. And the COVID has exposed some of our weaknesses that we are now 
kind of addressing and working extremely uh, hard to to uh, transform and, and, and drive. But I, I really see that we integrated supply chain today. And, and in 2012, 2013, decision was made at the COMEX level. And, and I, I was not yet there. So, you know, I'm speaking about it very uh, easily. My predecessor, Alec Clayton, took the, 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 I would say, the mission to create one supply chain where, you know, in the past, uh, our supply chain was quite fragmented. We had, you know, different uh, factories reporting to countries, to uh, business units, to, uh, you know, part of supply chain, um, you know, a function of procurement that was also scattered, etc. And, and today we have the chance that we have one supply chain. We have a real, you know, end-to-end lead on, on that supply chain, as I was explaining, covering the procurement, covering the manufacturing, covering the, the, the logistics, and being able to have really professionalization of the function and, and you know, having experts in their domains, really knowing the way things are operating and, and leveraging the size, meaning that best practices being you know, shared across the organization, um, bringing some tools, best of, best of breed tools mm-hmm. where you know, coming on the top of the supply chain, connecting the different dots, bringing the visibility, and, and, and it made a big, big, big change. And, and, you know, as I was saying to, to you, you know, the journey on sustainability, the journey on, on digital transformation that uh, we went through in the past four or five years uh, has also brought a lot of customers visiting our facilities. I mean, we see more and more uh, you know, uh, customers coming to our smart factories, smart distribution centers. We had the chance to have, uh, you know, uh, four of them already recognized by the World Economical Forum. And, and those have been driving a lot of attention and, and many uh, customers coming and trying to understand how we did. And, and, you know, we have now 100 smart factories that have, you know, the, the label smart factories yeah. because they've been deploying the technology uh, it's about you know connected the products it's about edge control it's about uh, data analytics running the i would say the operations in in those plants and in those distribution centers and it's also about you know different technologies we have deployed at scale 3d printing collaborative robots automatic guided vehicles um, and and it's we are not anymore just in proof of concept we are really you know kind of massively providing, you know, those kind of uh, technologies and solutions in all these different sites. And as I was saying, you know, I was talking about the, the, the people and the engagement of people. It's just amazing to, for me to see how we have been able to do that in three years, to have from going from zero factory, which was smart, into, you know, 100 smart factories and, and, and 10 distribution centers because we were able to really leverage that double dimension, central team kind of creating the standards, defining what were the, uh, I would say, the, the, the orientations, etc., And somewhere, you know, giving that to the regions and letting the regions and the, 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 the sites to drive the implementation. So let's talk about some challenges. Let's talk about issues, because as, as you very humbly say, and you're correct, Nobody's perfect, so nobody, you know, there are still problems. COVID has exposed a number of issues. Uh, A lot of companies still trying to build resilience and agility. What has been your key biggest learning through, um, I want to say, first your transformation journey, 
and second through the recent uh, COVID situation? I, I think you mentioned one of the big lessons learned is the, um, is the resilience and business continuity plan. And, and, and while we, we had business continuity plans, I mean, we had the, the documents and we had the procedures and the systems, the reality is, you know, the COVID has stress tested all those things. Some passed the, 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 yes. the check, some didn't pass it. Uh, basically, single point of failure uh, when, you know, you discover that one process inside uh, one factory is kind of holding multi hundred millions of business. That's really kind of a challenge. And, and, and in fact, uh, we now really becoming much more careful and much more sharp at detecting those single points of, of failures, uh, accelerating, you know, what we call the power of two, um, being ruthless regarding the, the dual sourcing, where, you know, we, we discovered for whatever reason that we had one small supplier in a very a small countries, very badly hit by the COVID. Um, those are the things that we need really now to be very systematic and it costs money. And, 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 you know, while supply chain was often associated to more efficiency, more efficiency, less cost, less cost, less cost, uh, the reality is uh, supply chain should be now associated to more resilience, more agility, able to, you know, adapt very rapidly, change the sources of supplies from one to another region, from one supplier to another, from one factory to another, and that costs money. And we have to invest quite heavily in creating redundancies, creating, you know, uh, continuity, uh, creating, again, you know, two suppliers where you need mm -hmm. only one. And that's something that uh, was a big, uh, I think it was a, a big wake-up call. We, we, we knew it. We were always like, ah, you know, it costs you, it costs two million here, five million there. We won't do it. We'll do it later, etc. Now there is no more, you know, let's go and let's get that solved. Let's qualify another you know, sources, let's qualify another material, let's get a second factory, and let's not put all our eggs in the one basket. That's something that I think we really learned the hard way, I, I have to say. I think, I think you're right. I think if we look back before COVID, supply chain has always been seen as a cost center, and it's all about efficiencies and driven by the finance department, uh, you know, discussing whether or not your supply chain met certain financial metrics. Now, I think with the change in how consumers are behaving, the change in the economy, the change in the world, the, the risk in everything, you know, the, the, the pace of change. I think supply chains just need to respond to that. And uh, sometimes that means it's going to be more expensive, as you rightly say. And I think a lot of leaders know this academically, you know, intellectually, everybody knows it. But in practice, you know, uh, it could be one of the reasons why so many transformation projects fail. Uh, because there's maybe not a lot of investment, both in financial and in, in time. Um, you talk about, let's go back to people for just a second. You talked about diversity and having a team um, that is failing fast. I think we were talking about before uh, we hit record when you and I were just chatting. Um, talk to me a little bit about creating the kind of atmosphere where your diverse teams can drive things forward. Yeah, it's uh, it's it was also a big uh, a big learning for us, and you know, as I, I'm kind of rewinding a bit the experience of the COVID and and the way we were able 
during, uh, you know, uh, H1 last year to make decisions, you know, on the spot. I mean, we, we were able to take decision to take an entire process from one plant and move it to another plant because that one plant was impacted by COVID. And, you know, we, we were able to make the decision within, you know, 48 hours, take the process and move it in, in a matter of uh, days and within three weeks to start back the production in the new site. We, we all, you know, kind of wake up one, one day and said, you know, if we would have had to do that without the COVID, that kind of project only would have taken us a year to do. You know, between right. getting the alignment between all the stakeholders, getting the business case uh, to be signed, getting the project team pulled together, yeah. managing to take all the, you know, the, 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 the risks, management, etc. It, was, it, it would have been a project of one year. We did it, honestly, in three weeks. And, and the idea wow. was, I mean, what, what did we do differently and how could we keep, you know, these mindset and practices to keep running at that kind of speed? Everything cannot be done that way. I mean, no, yeah. no doubt. You, 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 you can't do everything just, you know, taking decision in 48 hours and then getting things moving in, in, in two or three weeks. It, but it's no, certainly an eye-opener. It certainly opens your eyes at the possibility, right? Yes, yes. And, and, and I think the people themselves started to say, oh, but if, if we really need to do it, not if we want, if we need to do it, we can do it. So now how do we make the conditions or create the conditions to have to do it? And, and, and I think that was... Now, you know, it's, it's kind of becoming more of a, of a practice. We, you know, we try to, to, to kind of make people think, let's spend less time studying. Let's spend less time analyzing. Let's kind of directionally agree on where we want to go and, and let the people start the action. Because, I mean, the reality is, you know, you can study for six months and do all the scenarios and all the analysis. That's nothing, you know, at the end of the day. Well, the world moves a lot quicker. If you think back to how much time used to be spent in analyzing, say, for example, a new ERP project, uh, by the time you decided that you needed one to the time that you actually implemented, it could be 10 years, you know, years and years and years. We don't have that kind of time these days, do we? So no, let me and, ask you. And, and I think the clock. No, the, go the ahead. Clock go ahead. Time just to, to, the, the clock time of everything has been accelerated. And, and, and it has been tough, tough on, on everyone, tough on the teams, because you know, the way we operate today, you know, we are permanently connected. You don't need to travel from one side to another side of the world. I was traveling 80% of my time. I'm almost kind of no travel right now, but I can be you know, with the US in the morning, with uh, India in, uh, at lunchtime, with uh, you know, Europe and France uh, in the afternoon and cover, you know, tens of subjects and, and, and really be super efficient. And, and I think that that speed kind of, we, we, we almost said we, we did last year, the equivalent of three years of, of, of work in one year, basically. And being connected is, is at the heart of it, isn't it? It's being connected with your customers, with your employees, with your factories. So what does... I mean, I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball at the moment and make a prediction. Don't worry, I'm not going to hold you to it. But what do you think the next year looks like? I, I think that the, that notion of speed and agility 
it's going to be uh, super critical. I mean, no, no surprise. We all read the news and we all experience that, uh, you know, market of semiconductor is super hot. Many companies, automotive industry have been already affected and would probably be affected for the next uh, six months uh, with uh, delivery issues, etc. We saw uh, raw material inflation being super strong uh, and, and we see also transports being very challenging right now you know uh, air air cargo is uh, at uh, you know uh, rates that have never been reached before uh, congestions in the ports with uh, less and less uh, people you know uh, due to the covid so disruptions are there and and the ability to you know again react extremely fast detect the the the, the problems being able to animate and, and manage that uh, control, control towers and orchestrate you know, the different bricks of your supply chain is going to become even more critical. So, um, you know, as, as we were saying in the beginning, the, the challenge is to continue the long-term transformation and, you know, create resilience, create, uh, you know, a regional approach of the supply chain to be less dependent on those very long supply chains is going to be even more key, but at the same time, you are driven by the, I would say, day-to-day, uh, you know, firefighting and, and operations. So um, the way I see it is that the, the variations are going probably to continue to be very, very big and very, very fast. So while the cycles were probably longer, if, if I would rewind at the beginning of my mm-hmm. career, uh, you know, we had those big, uh, big years where there was something big happening. But then between the time you, you were going through some kind of stable and you were able to kind of step back and reflect and, and work on your medium long term transformations. I don't think that this is anymore there. The, 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 you go from, you know, big slowdown during the COVID yeah. to big acceleration now. And, and you have to be ready to face another you know, black swan or call it the way you, you, you want to call it, but dis- dis- being always. Oh, sorry, was, what I was going to say is disruption is here to stay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and our ability to sense those disruptions, our ability to always be agile, to adjust. I, I, I believe a lot into, you know, the, the fact to be able to activate SWAT teams, you know, on a, on a very agile manner, you know, this time it's about the electronic crisis. How can you, you know, identify a group of people that are fully empowered, that can make decisions on the spot, that are working closely with the, the, the businesses and with the, the suppliers uh, that can identify where are the critical elements, etc. cetera. Um, but, but really, uh, you know, that, that idea of having people that have very dedicated focus, uh, you know, that can, I would say, contribute to support our day-to-day operations in the regions. Lastly, let me ask you a last question because I know we've taken up a lot of your time, is what, um, what excites you? What technology excites you right now for the future? Technology or maybe not, not technology, processes. What, what in terms of the supply chain profession excites you? I, I, I think that supply chain in the last uh, three, four years has really reached uh, the point where you know, uh, digital and, 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 um, and uh, all the, the technologies have become very affordable. You know, in the past, uh, 
drones was seen like you know uh, super yeah. advanced uh, super costly uh, robotic uh, i mean almost unreachable robots, almost unreachable for some unreachable. companies it was, yeah exactly it was too expensive you cannot deploy at scale uh, you know you can do it as a pilot or proof of concept on the corner etc i think we came to the point where technology is i mean it's a few thousand if you it's a few ten of thousand mm. us dollar to get those kind of access. I, I think now the, cha the challenge is no more the cost of technology, is the way you are able to bring that technology at scale. And, and what, what I'm very excited about is that, you know, we see, we are doing a lot of things with uh, uh, many startups. We have what we call our center of digital innovation uh, team that is a very small team. I mean, they have a budget, we give them, we give them money. We say, okay, we don't ask you business cases, we don't ask you, uh, you know, profitability, just go there, survey the market, uh, you know, be innovative, bring us some new ideas. You know, they bring 10, probably seven of them, they would never go to the industrialization phase. And it's fine. And I'm absolutely fine with that. But I really believe that, you know, being connected with those companies, with those startups that work very differently than us, They, they, they really open fields that, uh, that will become tomorrow, you know, the, the mainstream. Uh, we, we had people inside our organization working at doing, for example, stock take, flying drones across warehouses, you know, where, you know, doing stock take was taking three days with uh, yeah. tens of people, warehouse, having people going up and down, etc. Today, you fly drones with cameras and, and stuff like that. And, and it works. It's not like, you know, crazy. It's something if you organize it properly if you use the right technology at the right uh, cost it's something that is workable and doable and, and i really feel that supply chain i would say the, the 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 science of the real the science of the you know moving goods and moving products and the science of information and technology are really coming together and that's where you really have the two things you know coming and and becoming the new of the, the, the innovation of the supply chain. And, I, and, and I'm very, very pleased because we are attractive to young talents. We are attractive yes. to people that uh, probably in the past we would have seen supply chain and industry as something, you know, dirty and not really exciting. They are really, they, many people want to join and wants to work because they have the real data, they have the real physical world and, and these two are coming together. So, So it's, it's, it's a real new revolution that is happening. And, and, and I think we are many to be very excited about, about being in that business at this time. It's an exciting time for supply chain, as you say. It's a really exciting time for supply chain. Murad, I want to thank you for being part of Transform TV and our podcast series. I know you're going to be joining us at the Transform Live on the 24th of March, where you're going to be giving us a more in-depth case study on uh, what you guys have been doing there with your Strive program and uh, all the transformation journey that you've gone through. So if uh, those of you that are watching would like to see more of that, please join us at Transform Live. Murad, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks a lot, Maria, for this opportunity and uh, very pleased to share, you know, our experience and, and the journey uh, that Schneider Electric accomplished. Lovely. Thank you for watching. We'll see you at the next podcast.